Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's going bowling. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who once gave me a toy car for Christmas. And it was the best gift you ever received. That's me, Ryan Newman. Yeah, I definitely didn't throw it across the room. Nope, not at all. <laughs> I'm joined by the other brother who's been naughty this year. What the heck? <laughs> no, that's Very. not true. Trey Newman. <laughs> all right. This is the first episode of our bowl preview series. Uh, but before we get into the games, want to remind everyone to join our bowl mania pool on ESPN. The winner gets a surprise gift from the bros. And you can find the link to join that on all of our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all over. And while you're at it, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And we got two new ones this week. So get us started with the first one, Ryan. All right. It's from you slash Coach O is Lord. Um, and he says, uh, saw the 2018 Worst Commercials episode, shamelessly plugged on the uh, CFB Reddit, gave it a listen, and now I'm hooked. Just wish I'd found it earlier in the season. All right. I will continue the shameless promotion. You do that, Mike. <laughs> uh, what's the other one, Trey? Yeah, we got another one titled College Football Burrows Be Vibin. And this is from Zai is the best. La, 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 la. <laughs> okay. okay. I've listened to just about every college football podcast there is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yours is by far the best. Listen to everyone for this college football season. Oklahoma Sooners fan for life. Sorry for your two Baylor losses, but I always appreciate your analysis on every single team because I always root for the underdog. I can echo that. Except for when they play Oklahoma. Okay, let's uh, let's get into some news first before we get to the bowl games as well. Uh, the coaching carousel. A lot of head coaching hires since we last discussed it. So, Trey, uh, what's our first one? Yeah, we got one from Boston College, they hired Ohio State defensive coordinator Jeff Halfley. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think it's a good hire. Um, I mean, he obviously did a tremendous job this year uh, turning around Ohio State's defense and making them arguably the best in the country coming from previous year with Greg Shiano, and it was just a little bit off. So obviously did a good job there. He's originally a Northeast guy also, so maybe kind of makes a little more sense there. He went to Siena. Um, anybody remember Sienna? Yeah. The Saints. Yeah. All right. That's my favorite uh, color. <laughs> Anyways, I like the hire for Boston College. Seems like a good fit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it makes sense given his experience, but like I always say, when you hire a coordinator, I mean, I'm never going to be disappointed with it if, if they've done a good job as a coordinator, but I'm also never going to be super excited. So, you know, that's my thoughts. Yeah. It's not proven. I get it. As the more I think about this, I, I'm almost like 50-50. I saw that, uh, I think it was Rivals, they ranked him as the fourth best recruiter recently, which is great, but you know he's not obviously going to get the same talent at Boston College as he did Ohio State. Um, so it helps at least, though, to have a, a good recruiter. But on the other side, I just I really have no idea how good he is. Like He's probably more of a product of Chase Young and, and that great defense, but to his credit, he, you know, he did help turn it around this year. Yep. All right. Well, we'll find out shortly. Yeah. The next one we got is uh, Sean Clark. He was promoted to head coach at App State. 
Uh, he was the interim last year in their bowl game, and they dominated. And really, this this is a move that shows App State wants a guy that's going to be there for a while and not bolt like Satterfield last year and now Eli Drinkowitz after one year. It's his alma mater. He loves it there. Probably someone that's not going to be immediately sought after uh, within a year or two. And I like it. I hope he brings some stability to that job. Yeah. Yeah. When things are going well, makes sense to promote from within. And then finally, we've got Fresno State. They just hired Indiana offensive coordinator Kalen DeBoer. Uh, he, I, I really like the hire. He Me was too. there under Tedford for a couple of years, so he's familiar with the Fresno program. And then this past year, he was obviously Indiana's offensive coordinator. We all know what he did with the Hoosiers with Penix and Ramsey. He made that Hoosiers offense take a, a giant leap forward this past year. Yeah, this this hire makes all the sense in the world. I know I just said I don't get excited with coordinator hires, but at the G5 level and given what DeBoer did there at Fresno State and now, like you say, at Indiana, yeah, it's, it just made too much sense. Yeah, it was a perfect hire for them. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, our next one here. We got Memphis. They promoted their offensive line slash associate head coach, uh, Ryan Satter or Silverfield. <laughs> Ryan Silverfield, he's the new head coach. From all the reports, that's kind of who the players all wanted, and it seemed kind of like the logical choice. Um, and it makes sense. It's just why not keep the momentum going? They're doing really, really well. Why not promote within? Why change it? So, I mean, he's, he's done a good job there. Um, he's the, actually the only coach to have worked with an NCAA single-season rusher, leading rusher, I should say, and an NFL single-season leading rusher. Hmm. Yeah. And he knows how to run the ball. Was that... Daryl Henderson and I think it was back with Kevin Ware or the the who was Kevin Smith maybe UCF I don't know I didn't look up the people (laughs) okay (laughs) just saw that and I was like oh that's interesting I'll bring that up gotcha yep yep uh all right then my next one uh Colorado State they have hired Steve Adazio as head coach seems like a good hire to me I mean I know he never really broke out at Boston College but he also didn't really flame out he made a bowl game six out of the seven years he was there um which is making a bowl game at BC is not a big is not a thing to scoff at that's a solid job but it's not like super exciting but hey you make bowl games at BC what you might be able to do a little better at Colorado State yeah I don't know I wouldn't be too okay well you know what fair continue Yep. Uh, all right. My last one. This one I really like. It's Danny Gonzalez, uh, the Arizona State defensive coordinator. He's being hired by New Mexico. I think he's done a wonderful job as so far. When he was at, before Arizona State, he was at San Diego State, turned that defense into a really good one, and they've maintained it now at Arizona State. I mean, we saw their defense play really, really well this year, and they had some young pieces too. So he kind of brings that unique 3 3 5 style. Uh, so he's going to help turn around New Mexico's defense probably immediately, which they desperately need. They were quite pathetic this year. So I think it's a good hire for them. Okay. A couple more hires here. Uh, Willie Taggart, of course, replacing Lane Kiffin at FAU. And I think it's a good hire. He's, you know, just in the last few years, he was well thought of enough to get jobs at Oregon and Florida State. And I know it didn't go well at FSU, but now he's dropping down in class quite a bit to the Sun Belt. Um, taking over a program that is is in a good spot, which is not something he's done before. Um, so I like it. And obviously, he's familiar with the the South Florida area. So no complaints. Yeah, I mean, it, sh- it should work. Sure. Unless he's just totally turned himself into a bad coach in like one year. <laughs> yeah, who knows? We'll see. 
Uh, and then the other one, UNLV hired Oregon offensive coordinator Marcus Arroyo to be their head coach. Meh. And there's there's reason for excitement because he's known as a very good recruiter. But I don't know. There's also reason for skepticism because we've talked about it before. Kind of thought the Oregon offense slightly underachieved given the the talent they had on the O-line and, of course, at quarterback with Herbert. So overall, I'm kind of so-so on this hire. Yeah, I'm sure Oregon fans are happy to see him go. Yeah, at least not terribly disappointed. I haven't read their message yeah. boards, but that's usually a good place to check. Yep. Uh, and then there's also a bunch of coordinator hires. Chris Ash to Texas as their defensive coordinator. Chad Morris, offensive coordinator at Auburn. USC keeping Graham Harrell, thank goodness. Yep. Uh, but there's plenty of time to get to all of those in the offseason. So we'll wait till then. And also early signing period starts December 18th, which as we're recording this is tomorrow. Um, but again, we're going to wait till February signing day. That's typically what we do just to to go over that in in detail full detail yeah uh okay let's get to the the bowl games then uh friday december 20th we've got the makers wanted bahamas bowl and buffalo is a six and a half point favorite over charlotte trey what are your thoughts well both teams are searching for their first ever bowl win buffalo's zero and three and this is charlotte's first bowl game uh, the key here for charlotte is going to be slowing down Jarrett Patterson at running back. We talked about him in the last couple episodes, how he just finished the season on a tear. Uh, Charlotte does have a, a defensive end that, that can help do that. Alex Highsmith, he was second in the nation with 14 sacks, 21 and a half set, uh, tackles for loss. But overall, I think Buffalo is more balanced. They led the the Mac in, in rushing offense, and they also led in total defense. And another thing to note is I'm hearing that the Bahamas is going to have like historic wins so oh, wow. i could favor the ground game uh for buffalo so i like buffalo yeah i'm completely in agreement with you on there i like buffalo also just you know charlotte had a great year no doubt but they do give up quite a few yards on the ground doesn't set up well against jared patterson so yeah i'm gonna agree with trey and take take the bowls yeah i i agree that jared patterson will have a big game but i i just i really like will healy the first year coach for charlotte obviously he did a great job here in year one they've won five straight games their quarterback chris reynolds has been efficient through the air and on the ground so i'll take them to cover why not yeah all right next game tropical smoothie cafe frisco bowl it's utah state minus four and a half against kent state it's not dxl frisco anymore no more dxl i guess oh man that's part of the song that i remembered that you that we kind of yeah, don't, don't bring any more attention to that song. I'm we're we should be embarrassed that's still on YouTube. Yep. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh yeah. Kent State somehow managed to squeak out six wins this year. I don't think they're all that good, but I'm actually gonna be picking them since the last six games they've played in, they've all been decided by one score, and they just don't really turn the ball over that much. Just two two interceptions thrown all year. So it's hard to blow a team out that doesn't turn the ball over. And Utah State doesn't necessarily have that explosive of an offense at all. So, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Kent State here. Okay, we actually have some breaking news, Ryan. I don't know if you saw it. Just a few hours before we're recording here, three Utah State players have been charged for marijuana possession, including Jordan Love. Uh-oh. And also including their their leading rusher, Gerald Bright. So it's still we still don't know if they're going to play or not. The point spread, I think, kind of budged a little bit but not a ton it, yeah it went down 
Yeah. But not a ton. Yeah. So hmm. again, we're still unclear there. I'll predict Jordan Love does play. And if he does, I think he'll have some success. Even though it's been a down year for him, they're going up against the 119th ranked SP plus defense here in Kent State. All right. I'm going to lean the other way. I'll take Kent State like Ryan. Uh, I just, I like their dual threat quarterback, Dustin Crum, and I like the way that they finished the year. So give me Kent State. I'll play the role of Trey here. I think he's a crumb me quarterback. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. Saturday, December 21st, we have the New Mexico Bowl, Central Michigan against San Diego State. And I would definitely expect this one to be close. San Diego State has probably the best group of five defense in the country, but their offense, as we all know, is just terrible. Like it, I think it's kind of hit rock bottom this year. They used to at least be able to run the ball a few years ago with, of course, Rashad Penny and uh, Donnell Pumphrey. Juwan but Washington. Well, yeah, they still have Juwan Washington, but he's but he, yeah, he he's doesn't do have an O line. So yeah, they're so bad on that side of the ball. Um, so yeah, it's always a, a low scoring, close game, and for that reason, I'll take plus three and a half, especially with you know Central Michigan. Quentin Dormady has had a, a good run here, and. I think he's at least capable of making a few big plays through the air. I'm going to roll the other way. I just like, I love that Aztecs defense. And I think it, it'll be one of the best defenses that the chips have played this year. And for the Aztecs, whether it's Carson Baker, the freshman or the senior Ryan Agnew, I think, I don't think it'll make a difference. I think the defense will just prevail overall. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Michael. Actually, I'm going to take the Chippewas. I don't trust the Aztecs to beat anybody by more than a field goal, um, especially a good solid team like Central Michigan. So I'm going to gladly take the three and a half points against the Aztecs offense. Okay, next game, the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, and it's Liberty against Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern is favored five. What do you think, Trey? Well, this is Liberty's first bowl game. So credit to Hugh Freeze for getting them there. They have a great receiver in Antonio Gandy Golden, who finished the season third nationally in in receiving yards, but I like Georgia Southern in this game. They played a tougher schedule. They turned their season around since starting one and three. They have the nation's eighth best rushing attack, led by Shy Wirtz and J.D. King, and that's not good for Liberty because they give up over two hundred yards per game. So, give me Georgia Southern. I completely agree. And to add to your points about the uh, the difference in schedule. Liberty, they did have, they had one good win against Buffalo early in the year, but listen to their other six wins. They're two FCS teams and then teams that ranked 119th, 123rd, and 130th in SP+. So I will take Georgia Southern as well. And three, three of those teams were from New Mexico. Yeah, and two of them were New Mexico. New Mexico State. Oh, that's right. Yeah, New Mexico State. So, yeah, it's that's pretty rough. I was going to bring that up too, Mike, just they beat the worst teams ever. To, it's probably the the worst bowl schedule team that I've ever seen as far as their wins. Not great. Not good. So, yeah, I'm on board with you guys. Georgia Southern. All right. Sorry, Hugh Freeze. Uh, Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl, SMU minus three against FAU. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, I think it should be a pretty high scoring affair. Um but I'm going to go with, uh, well, Lane's former boys, uh, Florida Atlantic. They have been playing very well the second half of the year. They've won six games in a row, all of them by double digits. Um, and they're giving up less than 14 points per game during that span. So defense has turned around. Offense is good. 
I think they can slow down Shane Bashell and SMU offense enough to uh, make this one really close. But I actually think they're going to win straight up. So give me the Owls. All right. I, I agree with you, Ryan. I This is a home game, by the way, for FAU. Yeah. Uh, I don't know True. how much of an advantage it'll be, but it, it's it's notable. It's not a disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to give SMU a heck of a game. Uh, they have FAU has the better defense. They got one of the great a great linebacker has uh, Achilles Leroy has seven and a half sacks, five forced fumbles, three picks. Even without Kiffin, I think the Owls will muster up plenty of offense against SMU's you know pretty average defense. So I like uh, I like FAU here. Okay, I'm going to go the other way, and it's only because of one stat. FAU has been the luckiest team in the country in terms of turnover margin. They're plus twenty, oh, which is favorite. four more. I know it is. I haven't brought it up much this year, but that's four more than any other team in the country. So maybe they're a little bit overvalued at this point. I'll I'll lay the points, especially without Kiffin, you know, my boy Lane Kiffin. I'll go SMU minus three. Uh, moving on to the Camellia Bowl, FIU against Arkansas State. Arkansas State's favored two and a half. And the matchup I'm going to be watching here is Arkansas State's passing game with, of course, their freshman quarterback, Lane Hatcher, who's been very good this year. Uh, and then the senior receiver who we brought up in the Golden Bros episode, Omar Bayless, who's second in the nation in receiving yards. And they're going up against an FIU defense that is sixth in the country in fewest passing yards allowed. And I read that their sophomore safety, Dorian Hall, number one in coverage in Conference USA, according to PFF College. So I will pick FIU to contain that passing game a little bit. And I'll go with Butch Davis, get the win. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike, just because of that factor. they I think FIU has the defense enough to be able to slow down that high-powered attack from Arkansas State. Um, and Lane Catcher, I know he has, a good, ha- has had a good freshman year, but he is still a freshman. So I think FIU can maybe grab a couple interceptions off of him. I'm going to go the other way with Arkansas State. FIU hasn't really been good at all away from home. I don't think they won a game away from home. And they didn't look all that great down the end of the Towards the end of their schedule, they did beat Miami, but uh, outside of that, they were they got blown out a couple of times, and it would really be a great story for Blake Anderson to win the bowl game after what he went through, losing his wife to cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be really, really cool. So I'm actually, not just for sentimental purposes, but I'm going to make Arkansas State my lock. Wow. Okay, moving on to the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Boise State against Washington. Trey? I struggled to find any storylines in this one. Did you? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously it's Chris Peterson's last game. Jacob Eason wants a big game to maybe stamp himself as a potential high draft pick. Uh, Boise's going for their 13th win. And as we record this, we still don't know if Hank Bachmeyer is going to be back after missing half the year. I would doubt it, but maybe he does. And But like we've talked about, Jalen Henderson has filled in just fine. It hasn't been a, really a drop-off. And even though UW struggled a little bit down the stretch, they played the much tougher schedule. They have a better SP plus offense and defense, and I think they're going to rally behind Chris Peterson to send him out a winner. I disagree here. I'm 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 taking the Broncos. Uh, Boise they got a really good defense. They're really good against the run, and UW if they're not able to run, I feel like they kind of struggle. Eason just in that passing game, they're they're kind of lacking there. Uh, they just don't have that big playability as we oh, all know. Oh gosh. Uh, so I think Curtis Weaver and company, they're going to do a good job of kind of making Easton uncomfortable, get a pick or two. 
they're going to make it a low-scoring game, and uh, Boise is going to do a decent job running the ball. So I'm going to take uh, that three and a half points and with uh, the Broncos. I agree with you, Ryan. I, I think this is going to be a close game. Obviously, Washington has the more talented roster, but I just don't totally trust them this year. They lost at home to Cal. They lost to Stanford. They just lost at Colorado a couple games ago. So they just haven't totally been able to be consistent, at least. And that goes for for Jacob Eason as well. So I can't lay three and a half against a 12-1 and Boise State team that's had good quarterback play all year. Like we said, Trey, it doesn't really matter who's who's out there. So yeah, I'll I'll take the points. Uh, next up, we got the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Appalachian State is favored 16 and a half against UAB. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I'm gonna take App State here. They're just uh, they're the far superior team. UAB <laughs> UAB just got smoked uh, by FAU in the Conference USA title game, and I don't know. It's kind of a pattern when when uh, UAB loses, they seem to lose by a lot. So I'm gonna take the the other team there. I'm gonna go with the Mountaineers and say they win a, uh, this one pretty easily. Yeah, and when they it's when they go up in class when they're up against a team that is yeah much better. Of course, I mean you, it would right. make sense that they lose, but yeah, thirty to seven against Tennessee, thirty seven to two against Southern Miss, and forty nine to six against FAU, like you brought up. So. Yeah, I I don't trust them going up against a really good team. I'll I'll take App State. Yep. I agree with you guys. I'm going with App State too. I mean, they might be a little disappointed not obviously getting the New Year's 6 bid, not that they really expected to at the very last minute, but uh I just think Zach Thomas and Darrington Evans are just are way too much for UAB. Oh, wait a minute, boys. I forgot to say my lock. It already passed. Can I do oh, oh, gosh. Lock? That's the first time we've ever had that happen. I know. I just I forgot. Well, can I guess, Ryan, because I am guessing that it was FAU. No. Oh, I'm going to say it was, well, was it Boise? It was Boise. Yep. Okay. We're going to go. We'll lock it in now, Ryan. All right. I'm taking Boise. Lock of the oh. week. Yeah. Oh, I interrupted you. Okay. We'll do it again. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're done. <laughs> okay. Where are we here? We're Christmas Eve. No, no. Not yet. UCF and Marshall. We still got December twenty third. Oh, I yeah. missed. Oh, of course. Who could for, who could the forget? Bad boy Moore's Gasparilla Bowl. Trey. <laughs> I mean UCF. It's Gasparilla. Wow. No, no, Ryan. No, it's Gasparilla. <laughs> uh, UCF's minus seventeen and a half against Marshall, and I definitely like UCF to win. Obviously, especially with this being sort of a home game in Tampa, not too far from UCF. And Dylan Gabriel has been a, a very good freshman quarterback for for the Knights but their leading receiver Gabriel Davis is already announced he's going pro but he has not announced whether he's going to be sitting out this game so there's a little bit of uncertainty there and he's obviously super important for them he had 1200 yards 12 touchdowns so even that chance that he sits out worries me and the stat that I really can't ignore Marshall head coach Doc Holliday 6-0 in bowl games at Marshall and they've got a good running game with Brendan Knox solid defense I'm going to say they cover, and I'll make it my lock. Oh, sh- <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Click the wrong button. Nice. I, I totally agree with you, Michael. I like Marshall as well. And and UCF, this is their first time not playing in, in a New Year's Six Bowl in a, in a few years. And I just like the way Marshall finished the year. They won six to seven. They're, I think they're more motivated, so I'll take those points. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I'm also going to take Marshall uh, just because of the ground game. That Michael, you mentioned Brandon Knox. He had over thir- or almost 1,300 yards rushing. He's a big guy. He's hard to bring down. So, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Marshall as well. 
Okay, now we are to Christmas Eve, the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. Hawaii against BYU. BYU is favored too. And Trey, I know you're going to be cheering for Hawaii, so are you picking them? I'll have to leave you hanging here. Uh, Hawaii, they're looking for their first 10-win season since 2010. I love the job that Nick Rolovich has done, but I got to go with BYU here. Zach Wilson and BYU's offense shouldn't really have a problem scoring against Hawaii's 113th ranked SP plus defense. Hawaii might come in a little bit bummed having lost to Boise in the Mountain West Championship. I do love Cole McDonald. He puts up those gaudy stats, but he's also very vulnerable to throwing a couple picks. And I think BYU will take advantage. Okay, I'm disappointed in you, Trey. Um, I'm going with Hawaii. I just can't pick against them in the Hawaii Bowl. And I'm, I have a bold prediction to go along with it. So last year in, in BYU's bowl game, Zach Wilson was 18 for 18. I think he's going to throw an incompletion in this, in Whoa, this year. Wow. Yeah. Dude, yeah. come on, Mike. I'm, it's not realistic. Dude, it's uh, Well, I'm sorry. Uh, but mm. no, he has been a little disappointing this year, even when he's been healthy. I thought he was going to have a, a monster year, but hasn't yeah, been the case. What's that? You were very high on him before the year. I was, yeah. But... I mean, most of his games this year have have been against the better some of teams. the tougher teams on the schedule. Yeah, um, but still, it, it it hasn't been great. So yeah, I'm going to roll with Cole McDonald, and of course that great receiving core, Cedric Bird, JoJo Ward, go Warriors. Yeah, I got to go with the home team as well, uh, especially since BYU burned me in their their last game at San Diego State. They only scored three points, and so I'm still a little bit bitter about that one. They just couldn't cover so that's that was a bummer uh yeah so give me the rainbow warriors in the hawaii bowl you got to do it come on trey yeah i know i know all right let's uh close out this episode with the questionable finish all right so in lieu of the first two questions here trey we assigned you a top five list your top five favorite holidays all right all right i'm gonna start out with number five New Year's Day. Uh, it's a there's a fun it's fun reason to party on New Year's Eve. You get to wake up to good bowl games on New Year's Day, including the Rose Bowl. Sometimes the playoff, uh, depending on the year. I don't have it higher since it can be a little depressing since the holidays are over and you're into the rest of the winter. All right, that Number was f- kind of cheating throwing in New Year's Eve there. You kind of just lumped it together, but I'll just, I'll let you continue. New Year's it's a, it's all one. All right, number four. Labor Day. Uh, some have barbecues or parties. Uh, the weather's usually good. It might be a bummer for some since it's close to the end of summer, but from our point of view, it kicks off our favorite uh, time of year with fall and football. You get a three-day weekend. It's that first full Saturday. It's uh, it's pretty sweet kickoff to the year. Yep. Number three, Christmas. Uh, love the holiday season, the nostalgia, the family, the lights, gifts, positive energy, Lots of eating, good holiday meals and snacks. It's a, it's a good time of year. Surprise, number, number three. Yeah, number two, Fourth of July. I love the Ooh, Fourth of July. Overrated, overrated. Yeah, highly. Fireworks are overrated, but I just like <laughs> the the summertime, the vibe, the barbecues, drinks, uh, good weather. Usually, you, you know, you're usually getting together with friends and family. I, I enjoy it. Overrated. But number one, <laughs> number one is Thanksgiving. I love the whole Thanksgiving weekend. You get the time off, the food, the football, the family, 
And, you know, you get the traditional NFL games on Thursday. This year we even got the, lately we've gotten the Egg Bowl. Uh, but that whole Thanksgiving weekend is rivalry games on Friday and Saturday. It, it's a blast. All right. I've All got right. I've got two major snubs here. Uh, Doc Holiday and Carlisle Holiday. Wow. Yeah. Holiday and Express. Oh, there's another snub. Yeah, come on, man. Okay. Let us know on Twitter at 3Newman, that's Trey's Twitter, what what Trey messed up there. Because I'm sure he messed up horribly that Ryan and I aren't aren't gathering. Uh, last question here. Which bowl game sponsor from today's show would you most like to patronize? Okay, I'll lead the way here since nobody's talking. Um... <laughs> Someone's got to answer. I can't answer my yeah. own question. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm going to go with Cherubundi. Uh, they make these kind of juices that are supposed to be like really, really good for you. Lots of good health benefits. And they're good for people with arthritis, they say. So, wow. All right. Cherubundi. I'm going the Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Yeah, I agree. I knew somebody would pick that. So. Well, I looked at the menu and I got my order. The Super Green Caesar Chicken Wrap. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> oh with the Acai Berry Boost Smoothie. I mean. Sweet, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's exactly the the route I went. Not not what I would have ordered, but it's also not my thought of tropical, especially the Frisco Bowl. It's just the tropical smoothie cafe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive because we don't have them out here. So, but no. it looks like they're. Well, I actually looked it up, Ryan. They they do have them in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah, I looked them well, up. They're growing like crazy, but I, just, I will not I go nothing. there. <laughs> Too many Arby's to go to that I haven't visited yet. Oh, of course. Yeah. You, you, how far are you into your Arby circuit in LA? Hey, you know what? Uh, off topic. Well, not off topic, but I'm changing the subject, not answering your question. Okay, that's They fine. are opening a Raisin Cane's up here in LA, finally. They're opening a Raisin Cane's like five minutes from Trey and here. I as well. Yeah. Oh, well, mine's going to be like 30 minutes away, so now I'm jealous. But Oh, it sucks for you. Hey, by the way, if anyone out there is interested in franchising a Capriati's sandwich shop in San Diego... Hit me up. I will invest a small amount of money. I'll invest the Patreon money into that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm taking it for supposed myself. To, that's supposed to go to Clay. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> once once Clay's buyout becomes necessary, that's where yeah. it's going. Uh, anyway, this was a weird ending to the episode, but thank you for listening to part one of our bowl preview series. We're going to be back in about a week with part two. And soon after that, we're going to have our New Year Six and playoff preview. So make sure you're subscribed and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.